Hi, my name is Chris Candy, and this is the Never Not Run podcast. Or no. <laughs> or do the NNR for... This is the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. Okay, what episode are we at? <laughs> every time, Chris. Every time. 20. No, we're at 20. We made it to 20. I knew. I can't believe we've hit 20. It's been quite a journey. I can't believe we know 20 people that want to talk about running. Well, actually, some of those episodes, it was just me and you, but I think it's it's awesome that we've made it this far. Um, today's episode is an amazing one. We've got uh, Vasha. Vasha and I know each other from the Stussy world. She used to work at Stussy, and I always just knew she was into movement and athletics, and then when it came to working on the speed project uh, with the team I worked with last year, I saw that she was one of the main people involved in it. Yeah, I think um, Vasha holds a lot of titles. Uh, I mean, just from her website, it says that she's a creative strategist, brand developer, artist, consultant. But I think uh, the one that, you know, definitely got me the most interested is that she's a runner and she sounds like she's uh, very well-traveled, has like lived all over the place and has run in some amazing locales. And is currently training for the Berlin Marathon. Yeah, she she does some uh, really amazing stuff on this episode and um, brings up some really great points and is one of the more, it's a perfect episode 20 because uh, she embodies a lot of things that I love about running. And, and I don't know about you, Mark, but she just resonates a lot of really great poignant points. Yeah, she's super eloquent about with speaking in, in general, but definitely about running and uh we get into all different kinds of topics and I think, yeah, we have to have her back on. I mean, if not just to hear about Berlin, but I think we just scratched the surface of so many different things and, and yeah, I just, I don't know. It was very cool getting to talk to her and getting to know her. So, uh, welcome to episode 20 of the never not run pod with Vasha. Oh my God, Vasha, thank you for being on the pod. Thanks for being on the Never Not Run pod. Thanks for having me. I wish that my uh, setup was a little bit more glamorous, but we're here. Where are you broadcasting from right now in the world? I am broadcasting from home in Honolulu, Hawaii. Hawaii. Nice. I love that. How long have you been out in Hawaii? Oh, I've been here as soon. I got here as soon as like the pandemic got real. So uh, the date... I believe was March 16th, 2020. I took a $69 one way straight to Honolulu. I remember I was talking to so many people when that time started and and we were talking and I just remember being so envious (laughs) that you were in Hawaii as we were beginning to go on into this uncharted territory as a known as the pandemic. Yeah. um, It was a choice move. Uh, it was challenging as much as it was uh, lovely and peaceful. Um, Cause you know, there was a moment, I, I mean, there's a lot of money involved in life. And I remember I was washing my, I think I only came here with like a couple running shorts and I was washing like my one pair that I, that's my pair. And I washed them in the shower because we were also like washing clothes while living right. in an Airbnb in Honolulu. So I'd wash them in the shower and then I laid it out on the balcony. And I guess a gust of wind came or something, but all of my running clothes were gone when I like came back to the room and they just like, they just disappeared. I looked down on the ground, I looked everywhere. They were just gone. Oh no. And then it was, but it was also like all the stores were still closed. Yeah. And so like I lost my running belt. I remember this. It was my running belt. It was like my favorite pair of shorts that had like pockets on them. And I was like, uh, and I was like, uh, yeah, I just remember the journey of trying to find clothes after that too. And it was like, you can't get stuff shipped. And it would still take like a week. And then I had to go get, I think, a, a UPS box so that I could get things shipped to me. Um, and then it would still take like a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did, how did you adapt? Were you, did you just 
take a week off until you got some new shorts or were you actually, did you take some cutoffs? Or? Oh God, there was one time, I remember I had this belt, an old belt, but like it didn't zip close. <laughs> and I, I remember I put a lot of hair ties around it and I was like, the, the phone's coming, we're going on a run. I tried <laughs> to seal that thing in so many ways, like for a good, it was about a week. And I was like, I'll figure it out. And I like, there was a, a safety pin situation that happened. I definitely put hair ties over it for a while. Um, yeah, I put like, like wrapped it in my shirt, but I was just determined to have my phone on me still. And like, sure. Run. So Fasha, tell us kind of the, the scoop on you. Where are you from originally? We know you're in Honolulu now. Like, give us the breakdown. The break down mariah carey bone thugs down <laughs> i am uh born in tucson arizona mostly raised in stockton california um dipped as soon as i could for a slight tour of san diego with a finish in las vegas um, I had a rocking time during a prime time in Vegas that then shot me over, well, shot me to LA for a standby, um, and then to New York for a good 10 years, um, where I did good time in, in New York and then somehow ended up in LA and then somehow ended up here. So where I'm from is really hard. Um, but I bounce around, I move around, never really had a home, um, everywhere. Earth is home. I, uh, what was the second part of the question? Who am I? I hate that. I hate that question. I hate like summarizing, like summarizing it all. Uh, you don't need to, but it's, okay, good, it's, uh, great. We'll do it for you in the intro to that. Yeah, episode. don't worry about it. We don't. Okay, want to great. Yeah, make here. something up. Make something dandy up that sounds we'll great. That's interesting. You're a here's spy. The thing. Yeah. See, this is who I am. I'm someone who never really tried to uh, like aspire for a title i just wanted to really learn how to develop a lot of skill so mm -hmm. i spent a lot of my life um moving around and taking interesting jobs and doing a little bit of everything because i think skill is valuable i also calculate i think success is uh effort and so i've spent a lot of my time putting in a lot of effort into several things um in order to again develop skill in order to feel like i've lived my life to the fullest um, that's me. Well, to the listeners too, Vash and I came to know each other from Stussy. Stussy had, tribe. <laughs> tribe members. We worked uh, kind of after each other. You were there prior to me and you were this, you know, infamous employee that everyone loved <laughs> and just had such a name on the block. And uh, it was a really warm thing. And then um, it came point where... Um, I was there and I stayed there for forever. I was at that place for a long time, but you would always, you know, come in the shop and it was always, always really nice. Yeah. It was always good seeing you, but that's, that's kind of how it happened. And then as running started coming more and more into my life, I would always known that you were into, um, athletics. I guess that's the best way to put it. I, I didn't really know at the time it was so much running, but you definitely have always been into movement and it, it seems to be something yeah. that you've always been focused on. Yeah. I think I've always just loved sports. Um, <laughs> Here's a note. I used to be the trainer on the football team, AKA water girl, but also sports trainer. I'd wrap the ankles and also deliver um, the water. That was, I think, freshman and sophomore year of uh, high school. I don't know why I did that. I, I have no idea. I was fascinated by, I guess, just being around it. But I also like, I, I loved hanging out with dudes, but I didn't want them to like flirt with me in the wrong way. So sure. I had a cousin who played on the team and he would also protect me. So I still got to be around and hang out with the dudes. And it's, I was like awkward. So it just worked. And I was like, yeah, I'm the water girl. They're not going to try anything because I'm wearing baggy clothes and I wrap their ankles and I'm like their nurse. And it worked in a weird way. So I got to like hang out with the guys and like still go to all the football games and be right there on the sideline, which was cool. But I never really played sports aside from that. And then running was like this thing that happened a decade ago that just like consumed and took over my life um, in the wild, wildest way. Um, and yeah, and now I've just been running a lot. Are there any skills that you picked up during high school that you use now? Like do you wrap your 
ankles ever when you run or or anything like that? any of the sports therapy stuff i would say the only skill i learned about people very early in life um just in high school and i think it's carried on and everything even coming back to stucy um year after year and not really i mean in giving a bio i'm very clear i've never really had a home base because i try to make every place feel like i can come back in and i can like still experience that moment um i think with like high school it was community building that's the biggest thing I've, I, this is one thing I do well well it's like all right cool everyone can be in the space together everyone can get along everyone can find a common ground we all can like vibe that look at diversity I mean it was before it was like a diversity inclusive section in any kind of company it's I've always kind of tried to be in that space of like look at this melting pot of life um which has been consistent in life like across the board um where i feel the older you get a lot of people kind of lean into what seems familiar or they're looking for themselves and they're like oh i found my community where you kind of had to be around everyone in high school um depending on the school you went to but you were forced to kind of just deal and then you get older and you kind of like find your race i'd say or your place but it's always been this like thing of like let is let's just mix it up and like i know these people don't know each other but I'm going to make them know each other. Um, and I love doing that. <laughs> Everyone can work together, um, but we're just difficult as a creature. Always adapting, never not adapting, right? Yeah, you have to adapt. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm part of learning. It's true. It's, 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 it's all about learning. And, and I find like newness is like really important as time goes on and experience exploring and being curious about newness and, and staying in that world. And um, I'm curious too, like for you, like running at one point was super new. Um, when did you, what was that first kind of moment like with running? I know you mentioned you kind of got into it, but what was the, the, the catalyst that got you into running? Well, um, I knew a few people who were running. I heard about great runners um, you know, I was in New York, so I, I'd see runners, you know, it was kind of this, like thing that was buzzing, but it was like, ah, I don't run. Like, I don't even understand the function. I remember the 20 minute mile used to take me like 22 minutes. I literally, I got out of PE in high school and took oh, yeah. dance instead and got approved to take dance at the junior college because I was not participating in PE. That's how much I wasn't physically like in, connected to my body. Um, but I lived across the street from a school. And I was doing a lot of creative work. And this is like, I'm working for myself. I'm in New York. I'm working on my own hours. So I'm not really sleeping, especially because I found a bodega that made the best sandwiches. Shout out to Ajora. It's not there anymore. But they made the best sandwiches in the middle of the night. So I'd be up at all hours doing weird projects, making art, you know? And I like had no peace of mind. Um, I'm, you know, trying to make money, trying to like take care of myself, support myself. Also like, be something in New York. And then I lived across from the school and every day, like no matter, I'm trying to take calls, but like every day, same time, the bell would ring and the kids would come outside and like act crazy, you know, run them up, make noise, scream, lose it. And I just started to like pay attention and I'm just in the house doing my thing, flustered, you know, having my own emotional, like temper tantrum. And we're seeing that, like, I needed to actually go outside and let loose as these kids so naturally did every day for at least an hour. And without being asked, without being told, like, they naturally go outside and just have to do that. And the screaming, like, the noise. <laughs> and I just started to think about that. Like, the older we get, we're just so, we try to, like, control that. And it's so, it just seems so natural when you're a kid, a baby, a child, you need to go and express yourself in that way. And so I started to, like, really try to figure out what that expression was. Um, and what was the cheapest way to do it? Cause I don't like gear and I don't like stuff. So running became this like, all right, I don't really need stuff other than like, I, I have stuff now, I have gear, but it was <laughs> right. more like I can go outside and I can just run. And so I remember I was living in what I like to call Williamswick, um, in East Williamsburg, Montrose stop. And I mm -hmm. ran across the Wayward bridge to Chinatown and back. It was six miles. I did it. And then it was like, okay, can I do it again? And then it just, that was it. Um, I can tell you what album was out. Uh, what was it? Phoenix, 
Listomania. That, oh, yeah. uh, that was out. Now. I remember playing <laughs> that in its entirety. Um, also, Discovery, Orange Tree, Orange, something that was out at the same uh-huh. time. These are little EPs I remember playing, and I'm being like, oh, hey, this is, I can listen to this in its entirety across the bridge or back and forth. Um, so, yeah, I would just jam out and then just run and then started getting involved in like run crews and getting introduced to people. Actually, actually, way to bring it full circle. <laughs> um, David Sinatra knew I yeah. was running a lot. Cause I really? was like, again, I'd come back to the store um, and I would, you know, I always talk to David here and there. And he was like, you have to meet my friend, Robin Garzone, who is a VP instructor over at Peloton. And he was like, you have to meet my friend, Robin, you guys should run together. And we met actually getting connected through David Sinatra, which is, wow. I never thought about that in so long. Um, and then her and I became the best buddies and started running together, training together, uh, created a magazine and community called undo together. She went off to do Peloton. I went off to do what I'm doing now. And yeah, so that, that's how running took over my life. It kind of happened in that way. I just kind of got connected to some other runners and then got on these radars where people knew that I was a a partier and I had no problem partying. Um, And Mm -hmm. so transition into (laughs) running was definitely probably inspiring for people who knew me and the amount of alcohol I was consuming before that <laughs> um so then to see me like oh she can run now too of course i was a good bait for brands and then ended up on the brand circuit of all the brands every brand um to try to be their black face mm-hmm. um yeah and it's just been consistent in, in my life let me stop talking before i get myself in trouble no no that, that's why you're here is to talk we want to hear all your stories because i that was you kind of touched on something i wanted to ask you about because i was looking at all of your creative work and i noticed a lot of it is kind of in the the fitness space it has to do with running and that i was wondering yeah like how much of that was deliberate if you started pursuing companies that connected with your your history with running or if if that yeah if it was more natural like it just kind of sprung up out of your connections yeah, career-wise, in that way, it's, it gave me a different lens of just how to look at things. It was the beginning of Instagram. Um, it was people throwing money around and not knowing what they were doing with that money. And so, and knowing like, hey, we just want to buy this or we just want this. So this is cool. Um, and I had always just been in the position of, I'm a creator. I want people to see, see my work. I want people to see my art. And then I started doing things that were a little bit more centralized around sports, um, making this magazine, doing shoots, doing things that, doing things with friends, honestly, for free. And we would just go and have little photo shoots and post them. Again, this is early Instagram. This is not brand related. This is not hashtag ad or let me tag an ad brand. This is, uh, I feel old just thinking about like how simple it was. you know, and we're making the content and then you see that brands will pay for it. And that's the first time, like I, in the beginning, I was, I'm like, okay, well, there's another way in other than like, see me as a creative and work with me this way. Do you want to work as an influencer? Maybe I can find a way into the impact creativity. And I think that was always my goal is like the influencer drive has been a consistent, like, vehicle of like, all right, let's try to get, you know, more people to push our brand, but also like creatively internally, what else can be done? And so it started to give me the lens of, oh, okay, well, you guys also need this and you're not thinking about this. And you're just trying to like, you're actually internally coming up with an idea with a bunch of people who probably aren't even in fitness at all, but they just work in an office and their job is to come up with a concept and then to find a way to go get it out in the world. And I remember, and I used to be very deliberate about this, where I was like, if I see you in a ballet flat and you're talking to me about fitness, I know you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so therefore, I can always level up and tell you what we should be doing. And then it started to give me the confidence and audacity. There's a mosquito. Oh, um, the confidence in my and audacity to do other types of projects and to look at any kind of deal from every from a 360 point of view. If I'm the influencer, if I'm the creative, if I'm the, once we, we started to segue into an agency, if I'm the brand, if like, how can all of this make sense together? Um, but yeah, it came in definitely just being 
being this like eager creative that wanted to get things to happen to like then applying that creativity towards a medium, a world like fitness when it didn't really have the attention when it did. And then seeing like how that actually opened up all these other doors for people weren't thinking in that way. Yeah, that, that kind of leads me to this other question. Running is really popular now, you know, and you've been in this world for a while. And how are you feeling with where it is now? You know, the trends you're seeing with it, you know, what are your feelings about it all? It's really exciting, but it also seems like everyone's kind of like getting in on it at the same time. I just want people to run for or know why they're running, you know, run for them. Um, I think that it got icky as far as the scene for me. Um, but community and running is so important. I'm training right now for Berlin next week. And I've been training by myself for a while. And it's been awful. It's been the first time I've had to train like this and have absolutely like, I'm, I think I've gone on a run with someone twice out here. But aside from that, it's been just me by myself. So I think that it's beautiful that so many people are running and so many people have stories and so many people can relate. Um, but it is a personal journey and you have to figure out why you're doing it. Um, and I think that's, uh, it's a very, uh, tricky and muddy water right now, as far as like a scene and a movement is concerned, because some people want to do it for, you know, the product, the look, if you need to do it for your health, do it for your health. But like, sometimes when you get too wrapped up in, uh, the scene of it and like watching what Instagram may, may show you of running, it turns into this like thing that really fucks with your ego and it doesn't need, and you don't, it doesn't need to, like, you don't need to live that way. So just recently, like I turned off my Strava, um, not recently, like a, a month and a half ago. Um, and I, I mean, it was on for so long for training. I loved writing my notes there and sharing. I love the feedback. I love the likes. And, but it was also like such an ego thing for me where I went on a really, really great run in San Francisco and like my watch wasn't working and I was in my feelings that day. Like, (laughs) I mean, like I took it out on everyone in my life because I was so upset that I had went out and performed probably my best. I finally got to a cooler temperature. I felt good. I was just like, Ooh, I ran so fast, watch didn't work. And I like, I got drunk and just went off on people and it was awful. And (laughs) That's when I checked myself and I turned off my Strava and I was like, who am I doing? Who am I doing this for? Like, this is really an ego moment where I need to figure out why I'm running. Am I running because I want to show how fast I am to my friends so that they can say, ooh, Vasha, you got faster? Like, what does that do for me? Is that just me feeling better that I've gotten faster and then what, I don't perform well in the marathon or... Am I running a marathon because I want to be really, really fast? Or do I just want to run the marathon? Or am I just really happy and excited that my body can still do this? Because every time I go outside, I see someone who is not able to walk. And I feel very blessed to have the ability. So maybe I should just go outside and do it because I can. Or I've been doing this for 10 years and like I want to do it for 20 years. So however long I can until I die. So let me just go do the mileage. These are the things that I've had to like check. And then these are the things that I hope every runner in their journey has the moment to go through in their mind and figure out why they're doing it. Because when you get lost in the sauce, you can be out there running to be like super fast. And then it's like, why are you, why are you fast? And then you broke your body down. Who's paying your bills? Cause you didn't win anything. Yeah. Right. You're not beating the Africans. What are you out there doing? <laughs> right. I know. Hurting yourself. And it's your, it's your pride and your ego. And like, that's cool. It's great. It's definitely a career moment. So many people have like moved throughout the world, of course, because they have faster times, but at the same time, like you have to figure out like why you're doing that for you, you know? So that's how I feel about the running movement. I love it. I love to see it. I love to see people healthy, but I also want them to know, you know, like running for me wasn't just, I ran. I was like, I also learned how to eat when I ran. So yeah, like it, it, it's a, it's a, it's the most basic primitive thing. Like writing my, my old coach, like definitely it was clear about letting us know these things, like writing and walking or running are the most primitive things you can be doing or that any man can do. Like it, and it's just figuring out how to do those things and live in your body. So, Interesting. you know, running is one of those things where it's like when people say they can't, 
unless you physically are enabled, you can. Because if someone starts shooting, you're going to run. And so, like, I want everyone to learn how to run because it doesn't seem safe out here in these streets. So this is survival of the fittest. When they, when they start, you know, pistols start blazing, everyone should figure out how to do a 5K, you know, just to make sure they know where to go. <laughs> I always find that interesting, too, with running. Like, I, I was so f- afraid of earthquakes for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then with running, I'm like, well, if, like, the roads are down or, like, it's not safe to drive, I could still run to my mom's house, <laughs> you know, or I could still run to my loved one's house. You know, like I could get places on foot and that's totally the attitude. It's so it's, it's true. It's like, you're capable. Yeah. That's one of the biggest reasons why I run. It's not cause I mean, gosh, especially the internet. I think, I think big asses are, are, are in more than run like running is like asses are in over running like by far. Mm -hmm, Like I definitely had like a situation with someone I was dating and he was like, buddy run so much like i mean you're not gonna and i'm like i'm not really focused on building an ass i don't know if that's going to help me in life or like in survival i don't know if it's gonna help me get away faster <laughs> like maybe i can run or jump if i really learn how to use the gluteus in the way that i need to but like kicked, this yeah. isn't helping me in life right and that's ugh, aesthetics is, is wild but yeah, yeah I, the running part is like, I, I know I can do things. I know I'm capable. And I think those, even in training, even in life, like in work, I if I can get up and run 10 miles, an email is not going to get to me. Like, you think your email, you think anything that happens via like digital media is going to bother me if I can get up and climb a mountain before the day starts? Mm-hmm. No. And so it just kind of sets and resets my entire mindset about everything when I'm able to kick my own ass. I don't really allow other people to kick my ass then, or even like give them the space to or let them think that they have because I've already done the hard work for the day. And so anything else that comes my way is like, what, what else? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because the... When I got on Strava too, I remember really liking it and it felt like such a departure from other social media platforms that I've been using up to that point. But then quickly realized, like you're saying, all of the kind of it's like a virus, like all of the the same things, the, the, the ego stroking, all of that stuff just presents itself again, just on another platform. And yeah, you start comparing yourself, you start tracking what your friends are doing and it becomes unhealthy again. So it's, it's, and you do it, if you're doing it for health, you have to find out why you're doing it. So it's also yeah. taking the devices off. It's also, I remember there was a time that like my watch got stolen. I've had a lot of things get stolen here. Petty theft here. I mean, Island Life. Shout out to the folks here stealing things out of my car. Um, <laughs> but someone stole my watch and I had to like run still. And I was like, all right, well, here we go back to Strava on the phone. And, but it was like humbling because I didn't have anything on my wrist. And I was like, all right, it's just going to be in my pocket. There's no this, there's no checking the wrist all every single time I get to a, you know, a stoplight. It's more so, oh, I, it stops if it's on an automatic. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. I know what I did. Cool. Um, and just kind of changing that so that I'm not always so dependent on these like devices. And even there's been some days when like, the watch i love that my watch doesn't really work well i just got a little cheap one because they stole my last one so this new one i'm not going to say the model garmin but um <laughs> the model you know it just doesn't work well so there's a moment when like my watch will stop working or i'll still be on pause or something and i know i went out there and i did 10 miles and then like my watch wasn't on for a two, a two of them and i'm in my feelings again and it's like ah. and it's like okay what what are you angry at now are you angry at the fact you did the work and right. you did the work? And you're just angry at the fact that like you're, you haven't saved the data so you could show it off because right. you know, you did the work. And so it's just like, it's those kind of things for me that I'm now at a place that I'm trying to battle and understand as I continue to run for the rest of my life or as long as I'm physically capable of doing it. Um, and in training for this marathon and in thinking about future marathons and thinking about ultras and, all of that is kind of like why. And I know I do it because I want to know I can. I do it because it feels good for me. 
But I mean, even in training for Berlin right now, like running in the heat doesn't feel good. It does not. I don't like it. It's like it's been deathly hot outside and I get the level of like, oh, yeah, train for the marathon. This is not safe for anyone. Right. So respect to everyone in their training process, but it's been extreme outside, especially here. And so I had to switch up even how I was running, where I was used to do like going out every day, getting my miles in. It turned into like every other day and longer mileage because I, I can't, my body's depleted. I have to somehow get all those electrolytes back, all that water back and like function and rest and recover. And then when it turns into this entire chore on top of like capitalism and then gravity, you think I got I got a balance throughout the day and a running schedule? No. We're still in a pandemic. I'm okay. Um, yeah. So it's all balance. <laughs> so when you when you think of running overall, where does competition fit into it? Like, how are you focused mostly on races, or do you, do you are they kind of a bonus, or yeah, do you see yourself like down the road, like you want to hit all the major races out there? Like, what's yeah, kind I like of to the- hit the majors. I like to probably just keep on tacking on the numbers just because I kind of have, you know, I didn't expect to do so many marathons. And then when you start doing so many, you're like, oh, might as well just keep on going. Um, but again, just figuring out how to train for them. And then like what the goal is for each one, because I, and this is something that like I comfortably can say right now, even before running Berlin, I hope to go out in Berlin and, and crush it because I'm going to be in cooler weather and I hope to crush it. I don't know what I'm capable of doing right now based on how hot it is outside. Um, Cause I can barely be outside for two and a half hours. So it's too hot or like not safe on the road for me to be out there in the dark. Um, and so it's interesting. Like I'm only, I'm competitive, but my goals are only centered around like that moment, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Not really like getting all the masters and stuff. It's just kind of like this moment right now. To the end of the year, I have Berlin and then I have Honolulu. Um, I hope to do like smashing in Honolulu because it's, I know the course. I've done it once already. This marathon in Berlin is kind of my entry back into marathons. And marathoning for me doesn't always have to be like go out and run some like, you never know how you're going to feel. It's the experience, honestly. It's not really about like the medal and running the best time because there's been races I've done where I did far better than I expected on the marathon and I recovered really well because I was really in shape um, and didn't even run as hard <laughs> as hard as I expected. Um, and then there's been other ones when like I went out too fast, had to figure it out midway through and that's horrible. There's been some that I've just tiptoed my way through and been like, look, I'm just finished this because I got a flight after this and I'm not trying to hurt myself. And it's all just kind of about the journey on the day and what I'm trying to feel like and achieve in that day and how much I can give. Um, but I love the, the experience of the marathon more than anything in the community, the global community, the runners that I've been able to build this like family, this international family with all over the world. Um, seeing them, like it's definitely going to be that when we go to Berlin. Um, and then just, you know, it's like the one, it's like world peace on it on one day. Um, yeah, which is also why I run marathons. It has very little to do. Like the day itself is beautiful. It's such a glorious experience. It's the one time, no matter like it's just it's one time everyone comes together. And I yeah. think about New York City as like the biggest experience like that, where no New Yorker wants you to interfere with their day. Like that's why people say New Yorkers are mean because they don't want anyone to interfere with like their schedule. And the New York City Marathon is the one time where you get you interrupt and tear up the whole street and people are like, yeah. And it's just like, this is beautiful. Look, at we can do this. Um, and so that's that's the marathon. It's every marathon. It's people giving you high fives. They don't know your name. They don't know anything about your background. They don't, you know, like they there's no judgment other than, wow, you put effort in and I wish I could be or I'm going to support you or I'm going to make my way around the traffic and not deal with it, but good for them. And I love that. Yeah. Is, is there a place you go to when you're running? Do you, out of all the places you've lived or visited, do you, do you have a place that sticks out to you as your favorite training ground? New York by far. Um, I unlock beast mode in New York. Um, I don't really get to beast mode often. Um, I get to beast mode after like a night of good sex 
that can happen. <laughs> and then the next day you wake up and then you're like, whoa, we're running like six minute miles. <laughs> but it has to be a real good night that had no alcohol, just hot sex. Mm-hmm. Those, um, that's a beast night, beast mode, but like, that's the only time I can get that. Aside from that, if I'm maybe on vacation and have a scenic place and like have a plan, like when I went to SF and we're in the waterfront, like I have a plan and a focus. But New York is the only place that I am able to like get real gutter, grimy, aggressive. And yeah, I like unlock and this animal comes out because you're, you're playing chicken with cars. And like, right. it's a whole other aspect of running when you're running into traffic and you're playing chicken with humans, cars, creatures, like then it's a game and it's way more fun. And you don't, you're not thinking about mileage. You're not thinking about anything. You're thinking about your life. Um, totally. That's, that's what I love about running in New York, especially like running with the runners I've been around and how I've learned to run. Like you, you know, you fly off of a bridge, you fly straight into traffic for the most part in the city and then you just kind of got to figure it out especially you're coming off Williamsburg bridge like right on the Lancy, you're just smack in traffic so now it's like do i want to go hit lower east side and be around all these people because i still got to dodge them or do i want to hit the chinatown and you're just hitting these streets and you're in the road and then you don't you can't be on the sidewalk because there's people so you're definitely in the street and so it's just you and the cyclists and then cars and doors and so you have to like watch the whole time and it's just it's glorious don't let it rain a little bit don't let there be a little bit of mist oh hell it's amazing so new york is probably and then just hitting bridge after bridge and knowing the like how much of the the city you can take in on a morning and afternoon like i mean i would there'd be times when it's like oh it's 8 p.m and i'm just gonna go run 13 miles which will include you know from Williamsburg to Central Park and back. <laughs> and I'll be in bed by 10. Let me go get one of those sandwiches from my little 24-hour bodega and good night. And that I can't run like that here. I can't run like that in LA. Like that doesn't exist. And then if you get tired in New York, you just get on the train. So you can run until you're done in New York. And that's not, it's always mental anywhere else because it's usually routing. And so it's like, I got to get back to my car or I have to get back home or like this and that, like New York is like, I can run until my legs stop working. And then I'm going to get on that train and drag this leg home. <laughs> That's true. You could take the, the train. I didn't think you could, because in LA, we can't really do that so much. Like I've, I've often done long runs from my place and like gone down, you know, down to like Hermosa or something, but it's always a ride back. It's always yeah. something back. It's yeah. like, oh God. And then that's a whole other hour and a half. And you're like salty, sweaty, gross, and sore. And you're just like, oh, no. But just hop on a subway in New York and you're back. And you're back in like 15 minutes. And then Damn. you're not too far from your house. It's not like you're going to hop on the metro in LA. Because like, what, you're going to walk now for another two miles to where you got to be? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's that's why new york is like it's the best place to run and then also uh air quality as well as well which i can nerd out on that but air quality in la after 10 a.m is not really the best place to be running especially if you're in like a heavy traffic condensed place where new york any hour of the day any hour noon oh god you can just go outside and be like i'm gonna hit it it may be hot but i'm gonna hit it you know and it's like because it is this island it's it the wind and the air quality is really amazing so you can run it all hours so what were like um running communities like out there like uh, you know we have like you know koreatown out here there's a bunch of like clubs that are popping up here were there any uh, give me a quick history like were there any when you started in la and then what were ones that you like linked up with up in new york what are the differences Um, you know say the biggest thing about what we were doing and i would say i came in on the bridge the gap movement which was definitely around what like charlie dark and mike stays jesse zappo Knox, huge community of folks were just doing as far as um just bringing folks together and doing runs all over the they were i think berlin was actually the one they did a decade ago um it was and so like meeting up running together um in all these different cities. It was all mixed up with Nike stuff, but it all was very organic. It was either people who knew how to run and they were runners and they had their cruising clubs. It was very much bridge runners, which seemed like the only spot, which was very, very diverse. 
Um, and then what we started with, with undo was more so like couch for three miles, like very chill. We're going to stop midway. It's going to feel very easy, like beginner run. And I right. think everyone kind of played their part, um, with what we were, we had in the New York community, according to where you were located too. So we had, you know, uptown was uptown, you know, took care of that orchard street, took care of that area. Like if you wanted to get a little bit more elite, you would go to, you know, or you want to train harder, you go to a black roses because they're going to be all over, but they're going to be running a lot faster. If you want to go, you know, have more like hanging community vibes, you may do resident. Like, so I think everybody kind of played their part. Um, and this is before a lot of brand involvement came in. Um, when the brands came in, things got very gross across the board. It's like, we all got, bought. we all got bought to be honest. And prior to that moment, we were doing things so organically and so it just if it just felt easy and it wasn't about money and running for money or it was weird it was just i don't know i don't know what happened but we you know take trips together and we would go and run and train together and we would like pay for this stuff we weren't waiting for a brand to pay for it or anything it was just like let's just go do it um i would i remember i did a relay race out of my house um in February and it was like eight teams and they each had like eight people. It was something stupid and they ran around the block twenty eight times huh. in, the, in the snow. But I had forty people like in my home in Harlem, like in the stairwell, all these things, trying to just do this random thing. They pass off a, a balloon. It was there was no brand involved. It was organic. It was fun. It was yeah. grassroots. It was just easy. People came out because it was ridiculous. We also did like a field day and no, there was no brand involved. It was ICNY when Mike Sherman was doing ICNY before Chinatown market, when he had his reflective brand, like we would do pop-ups like that when we would more so connect with like smaller brands, but we never had the big dollars. Um, and, you know, Nike sometimes would like give everybody love. And so we all kind of had the Nike shoes and we would do the Nike events, but there weren't all these extra brands. And to be honest, like, they came in and like plucked everyone up. We did Adidas. They took some other, you know, <clears throat> Under Armour took a handful of people. Um, you know, Nike bought who they needed to buy. Everyone just kind of bought their group of people. And I don't want to say it put people at odds, but it did because it made these silos and these worlds that were so driven by consumer goods and shoes and products, right. wearing it and this and that, that it just really started to lose like, the whole family aspect of it. Now there was a lot of messiness in between, but that's family, so there's always messiness. Um, and, but the money stuff and the brand stuff started to make things really just gross. Um, and I was a part of it, so I can I can totally be like, yeah, I was in that shit and I took the checks and I was like, yeah, Adidas, you want to work with me? Cool. But in, you know, being so re removed from it now and not looking back in, it really did start to like, tear away and kind of change why people were doing what they were doing. Um, I think we just did it because we wanted to create space. I understood the value of just getting people to the first step of running. I think I'm always going to be in that space of how can I make this just seem easier for people? Um, but now a lot of people are in it because they're like, oh, if I start a running movement, then I can have all these followers and then I can get a Nike deal and then I can have a shoe or something, or I can be, you know, start this movement and then have people follow me and this and that. And leadership is a very tricky thing and community building is very tricky because you're responsible for a lot of people and their energy. Mm -hmm. um, what has, I can speak to the crews now and I don't want to even like no shade to any of the LA crews, um, but it just seems very segregated. And I don't like that. I hate that the most. Um, I feel like every, it feels very racially segregated and that's not what we were doing in New York at all. Um, I still see it even in New York too. Well, I see it all over and it's very disgusting to me um, because what we were able to do in New York, it was diverse, it was mixed, it was educational in that sense because you were learning so much about people because you just ran with them. Um, and it wasn't about what you did for a living, which is kind of how we started the magazine where I would be running with a really dope photographer or a really amazing writer. And I had no idea what they did for a living. I just knew that they ran with me and they encouraged me. And so that trickled into so many organic projects, a lot of organic momentum where I don't want to say things feel forced these days, but they really do. And I hate it, but that's just me. <laughs> I was a part of making it. That's what I get. <laughs> 
I've definitely noticed that too, especially when you get outside road running. I mean, I, I don't even know if there's enough people to segregate. It's just that there's certain, uh, like you mentioned, getting into ultras and things like that. And it is very, yeah, I mean, it's just not that diverse as you start to get into the, the more niche aspects of the culture of running. Well, it's not safe for a lot of people and it never is yeah. safe, you know, um, yeah. just in the regard of like, there's not a lot of communities that feel safe just running in the woods by themselves. Right. Um, and that's just even like women alone too. Like mm-hmm. even right. as myself living in Hawaii, I don't go on, on trail runs unless I know like the route really well. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not, it's not that bad. I know there's people on the route, but I'm not just like dipping off in the woods for an hour either. Um, and so there's a lot of that that's in place. Of course, there's always been like this rite of passage, um, rite of passage for running, um, trail running, endurance sports, things like that. And so it's nice to, I mean, I definitely run because it allows me to get in spaces that I would never be received in. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, my attitude is I chase rich white boy freedom. Um I don't know if it was time to talk about this yet, but we can speak about this. Um, <laughs> but it's truly like what rich white boys do, mm-hmm. like borderline death, you know, like let me sign up for the thing that just might kill me. Um, and let me go chase something that really feels like it's going to like push me endurance wise, but it may be on the top of this mountain. Cause I feel like so many other communities, once they get their money or once they get their success or what they do, whatever, they spend so much of their, their time and, they're worth trying to protect themselves and protect their lives. And they don't really sign up for, for the things that are going to borderline kill them where I'm fascinated by what people who have it all go do with their free time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, there's, there's something there and I'm always, I mean, even in living in Hawaii, even in just how I approach life, I, I'm always interested in those places in between because it's like, it's just, institutionalization of the mind for the most part, thinking that you can't run in certain places, thinking that you can't do something because someone may hurt you, you know, having a lot of fear um, built up in you. And fear is usually the reason we do things and we don't do things, fear and love. So, I mean, at the same time, the fear of of going into the woods by myself is also the reason why I may dip off and go into the woods um, because I know I'm not expected to be in there. And it's like, once you get over that, you actually can be achieving far more in life. Yeah, it's a it's a privilege, right, to be able to seek discomfort in your life because for oh, yeah. lots of people, it's just the reality, right? They're more concerned, and there's a big generalization, right? But it's like, yeah, when you're concerned with survival, uh, why would you want to put yourself in a position that could potentially harm you? But death is all it's inevitable for everyone. It all anyone could die, and so it's also like anything can harm you too. That's what's unique about running, though, too, because I, I loved what you were talking about earlier about the marathon day, because it was such an eye-opening day, and it's like a holiday for me, LA Marathon, and you just really do see all these walks of life, you know, because, and I'm a white guy, but I grew up a fat kid, <laughs> and so I never thought I could go running because I was a fat kid, and I really thought it was for, you know, athletes. But what was beautiful about the marathon is there's all different body shapes and sizes and people moving. And it was a really beautiful experience to have that. And I, I, I agree with you because it's like, I feel like everyone should have that. But there's also this interesting caveat about, yeah, like <laughs> who, who seeks this out, you know, and that makes yeah, total sense. Yeah, and why do you seek it? And like, mm-hmm. it totally. does take a certain level of intellect too sometimes and a development and maturity to even prepare yourself to train and you do have to be at a certain level too so it's like i only train more the more successful i get i wouldn't it wouldn't be in line if i was being lazy and at home so it's all in line because it's also helping me and in hand like grow so i think that I don't know, introducing that to people as a concept too. Like maybe if you want to get out of your slump of whatever you've been in depression or a routine or a cycle that you can't like pick up something like running and create a challenge like that, because Mm -hmm. it may take you to a whole nother place in your life because you have to force yourself to do something so simple as just walking fast. Absolutely. If you can't like, it's, it's the most basic thing. 
And sometimes when you're doing things like speed projects and ultras and all you have to think about is going forward and it's the hardest thing you have to do, but it's the most like, it's the most basic thing you do in life and you appreciate it more. You appreciate the little bit of effort, you know. You just mentioned speed project. I was curious about your connection to that group and and how you got hooked up with them. Um, I did an interview for, on Niels for one of the, I actually wasn't for an issue. It was actually just online when our platform was up and the WordPress wasn't corrupted. Um, we did an interview on Niels for a speed project um, before they went out, I think season two, a uh, year two. And then he invited me to have a team after that, which I did actually the first year I ended up helping and supporting a team. And then I just got looped in and um i've just been around since then i um i've had a team i've supported i think what three teams now i think i've been out there to run three times and then i've hosted twice um and yeah it's just become now this thing that i just do every year um i think neil scotty and company and they've they've seen me at work is that I just I like to work I like to bring community together I love a challenge like these are all things that and for me like I'm also one of those people where I don't feel like I have to make and create my own um all the time I like to work with people and do things so like my thing is undo we've been on the bench since 2020 on purpose because you know sometimes you need a full time out um but i know my my thing i know my vein and but i also like to work with other people and helping them grow things that still help to build community um and so i've always wanted to have you know a race and see my and be in a space of a race director and really figure out how to build that out and so being able to work with tsp and help Niels and Scotty figure out how to kind of put some pieces towards that. It's like, it, it all makes sense for me. Um, Cause you know, most people would just be like, Oh, well, I, I want to race. So I'm going to start a race. And that's what I feel like we're in the kind of world we're in right now. Um, that ain't me. I'm just like, Oh, you're doing this. Yeah. I can come help you. And then I'll just disappear and go back to my island when I'm done helping. And that's me and TSP. TSP is so funny because like, there, it's there's so many uh, chapters to it, but the moments that are so pure on that race are beautiful. It's it's just like you you really are at one with the environment, it, you know, especially nature. I mean, there was like some one road I was on at one point. And I was just like, this is, I have no idea where I am. There's like a airport graveyard to the right, <laughs> you know, on a dirt road and just chasing a van but it is it's a remarkable race i use that word a billion times on that pod actually remarkable but really that is the word it's a very it's beautiful you really have to i mean you're in the desert so you have to deal with the temperature changing you and that's humbling because you know you can start the morning and it's freezing and then like as you go on to the day definitely hot and it gets cold again and you're like okay let's let's prepare for this which some years it's really brutal um And, but you're also, you know, you're dealing with time, you're dealing with nutrition, you're dealing with like so many things all at once. Um, It's ridiculous. It's fun. There's no rules. It's yeah. Very humbling. Um, Death Valley, very humbling as well. Always an adventure. There's always something that happens out on the road. And then like, I don't know, there's one year I got lost in salt flats coming into Baker um i didn't go around the mountain all the way i went like too far out and i it was i was like a good two miles out like super far out and they saw me um and i had called people but they were eating because it was right before baker so everyone was like oh shit i can go get my greek fries or whatever so they were like too busy eating and i was pissed i was so pissed and i was just deep in salt flats and it was one of those moments where you're just like I just remember like all of my body, just like I was, all my emotions were just right there. And, you know, you check yourself, you get together, you come out, you rage in Vegas. I also have a really close relationship to Vegas and going to college in Vegas. So TSP for me every year, like as much as I love the race and, and everything that we do with TSP, I really enjoy coming into Vegas and having the moment to reflect every year. Um, just because I remember not running in Vegas and being a raging alcoholic in Vegas and going to college somehow at the same time. Um, 
and you know everything that kind of transpired and so usually even during the race if I can do the last leg if I'm running it I do the last leg into the city and it's like oh my god and I just start to I have a moment to reflect I mean you have all the time in the world to reflect that's one thing I love about writing I'm very nostalgic and I enjoy like thoroughly thinking about things I enjoy not sitting behind my computer for work um I prefer to like do it all out out there on the road and then to come back and to be like, all right, this is the plan. And so it, I, the running, even TSP, all these races, all this training, it gives me so much time to like really just go think and then like focus and then say, okay, this is what I'm going to do or not going to do. Um, and the answer usually is I'm just going to go to sleep. <laughs> well, you've been really generous with Thank your you. time and chatting with us. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Especially about running. Feel free to go off as long as you want, because this is we ask everybody at the end, what is your runner's high? So tell us what the runner's high is for you. Well, the runner's high. I'm going to get a little graphic here. When my bowels have fully moved and my body can move in the way that it needs to, and I'm thoroughly hydrated and there is not a cotton in the mouth, and the temperature is cool enough with a little breeze. I love a mist as well. I love a misty morning. I don't need the sun out unless it's a short run. If we're going long, sun, stay stay away for as long as possible. Bring on the rain. Um, I need a mood because I need a mood in an environment. If I'm not in the right environment, the high doesn't happen. And then the high happens when it. I just hit cruise control, when there is nothing hurts. I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. Um, I kind of go blind and I just go forward. Um, that is the high for me. Uh, things just turn into a blur. But sometimes when the sun comes out and then I can squint, I do like squinting when I run and kind of turning everything into a blurry mess and then just going really fast towards it and seeing if I run into anything. But the high is that that piece of it. It's the playing chicken. It's the not really knowing what's ahead. It's the there could be a dangerous moment in this slippery, runny, runny run. It's the things that are outside of my control, the elements, um, the things that challenge me. I don't like a hill, but I love coming down a hill like a beast. Um, that that's a, that's a real high. Um, yeah, and it's you know. I think those those are all the things that when I'm able to have all of those components together, um, it's a real vibe. And then like, and if that's that's a morning run, if it's an evening run, and I've had a few drinks and I decide to go for a run, that's another high. Um, it's another party, and some of those are really amazing because again, I get to like disconnect, um, which I. Speaking of high, like I enjoy an edible on a run. So um, it's that part too of being able to stop thinking and just be in cruise control. Um, but that all is based on like my route, my path, my this and that. If I know I got to circle around, circle back and circle around, please, please give me an edible. If I'm just going straight for a while, I'm fine. I can just be, I can just go. Um I think it's the things of like turning off my mind just to let my body lead. And that is, that's the high. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could, like you said, we could talk about this stuff for, for hours. So maybe we'll just have to have you back on again. Maybe we can do a post Berlin marathon follow up Hear How it went. I'm down. I'm super down. Um, I got Hawaii to do this well. I'm trying to articulate all of this stuff into, um, some words to be helpful to people that that's also called a book. Um, but I'm not trying to talk about it. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, well, maybe as another, another follow-up question to that, like what tips do you give to people who are curious about running who, who, like you said, don't are on the couch and want to just, how do they get started? What would you tell them? Go outside for a walk. Don't think about time um, or your mind or the how fast you're going. Think about the time you want to be outside. You have 24 hours in a day. 24 hours broken down with eight hours to work and eight hours to rest. And I give you eight hours to play. 
And so whatever you want to do with your playtime, use your playtime wisely. That also could be your commuting time, your eating time, your several other things time, but you're still a lot of eight hours in a day and everyone's given it. So once you start to break down time in that way, think about how much time you want to give to your body and to understanding how to work, live and live and work in your body. Um, Cause I think instead of saying you want to be healthy or you want to run or this and that understand that like to, you don't know everything about how your body works and it's still getting to know it. And running is a really good way for you to get to know how your body works in a very simple form. And the more you learn how your body works, the more you're able to understand when it's in pain, when it needs recovery, when it's sick, when there, when things are going wrong. And you only learn that by really getting in tune with your body. So learn to be, learn to desire um, that <laughs> Or I, I create, I hope that people want to desire that um, learning of figuring out how their body works. And then from there, you know, how time works. And so you don't go out saying you want to run a like 10 minute mile, go out and say you want to walk or run for an hour and then go out and do that again in an hour. It's not six miles. It's an hour. It's 45 minutes. It's two hours because that's what you need to build up to figure out what you're able to do on your feet. You need to know that you can be outside for two hours and run. That's all you need to know. You don't need yeah. to know that, like, you know, you can run a, a seven minute mile because that's, again, just your ego. And it's cool and it's great if you can. And it just means you're going to finish the marathons faster or finish those races faster. But you need to know that your body's capable of doing it. So just go outside for an hour, for 90 minutes, set that time. And then that's the easiest way to get in. And it doesn't have to be running the entire time. I stop and take pictures of everything. I am a, like a tourist when I run. I'm like, oh, look at a beach. And I'll stop and I'll set the frame and then I'll just put my phone back in my pocket and then I'm out, which is why I love those shorts that went over the balcony because they have the pockets. It's the Lululemon shorts. They're out of stock. It's the ones with the side pockets. I should know the brand name, but they're not paying me for that. But <laughs> yes, um, it's so sad. Like stop, take your photos, stop and stretch, stop and like, I chew gum, you know, to like keep, again, keep my mind somewhere else too. And I'd be like, oh, my mouth. And, you know, and think about spitting and other things. So try to find those things that are like, that just work for you. But there's no rules. I just remember people telling me like, I heard you can't stop, stop when you're running. And it's like, who told you that? So yeah. stop and walk and skip. Skipping is fun too. walk backwards, try hills, try anything to kind of just get you comfortable going for an hour at a time. And then you can start to spice it up a little bit. You can add a little bit, you know, a few more, a little more tempo to it. You can try some hills. You can try all these other things, but just try to go outside for an hour. Yeah. I, I've said that to people too, that, you know, you could run a marathon. You wouldn't do it fast. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be able to run it the whole time, but you could complete it if you had to. Yeah. 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 And then it's also, it's a mental thing. So again, it's hand in hand, like running once you, once you physically can get it down with your body, it's mentally saying, okay, I can do this and mentally finding something to focus your mind on. So that running isn't what you're thinking about and the pain that may come with that, or my shoe feels weird, or my ankle feels tight, or my, those are the things that go on during the 26 miles that keep people from finishing. It's usually their body's in a great position and they just have to keep their mind there too. And totally. so- once you learn how to get outside with that hour of your body, you're also going out there to give yourself that hour with your mind. So don't do it with your phone in your hand. Don't do it with this like objective just to, you know, only go out there for the, like, or for the hour, but maybe you're going to stop for a minute and then check your phone and this like focus for that hour of doing that. And that will also help your mind to focus because that's, that's the hardest part. Oh, Vasha, thank you so much. You're welcome. Anything you want to tell people about before we go? Anything you want to shout out? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to, I don't have shout outs. I'd like to dedicate a song. Um, no, I'd like to dedicate a song. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to dedicate Hiatus Coyote Molasses um, because it is my go-to song every day. It is my song that is on my running playlist um, simply because of the idea and this may help someone um she continuously says it might not get any better and every time i go for a run i listen to that over and over that it might not get any better 
and it makes every other every one of the runs even better every time I end up in another place somewhere and I'm like you know it might not get any better than this and there's been that bit of consistency that also helps me in running because like I wake up in Cape Town and I'm going on a run and I'm like man I didn't want to run but it might not get any better so I'm gonna do three miles right here and then you know you wake up and you're somewhere else running and it's the same feeling so I think if there is this like mantra song for folks. That's my mantra song. I do recommend having one, but uh, that's my dedication. Um, yeah, because I want to be the light when I get older. I just want to share that here too. So I'd like to just put that that here to manifest. It's, it's all here. I'd like to be Delilah. <laughs> Not like Delilah or anything. I want to be Delilah. Um, so, you know, got to start somewhere. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you again, Vasha. I'm going to link the song in the show notes so people can get that dedication. Yeah. All right. I got to put my Delilah voice, but do you guys have any dedications? Any songs you want to dedicate to anyone? Well, I know my running song is usually this. It's called The Ecstasy of Gold. Do you know that one? No, I don't. It's this. It's a, from a Western movie. And it's got this really, it's an instrumental, but it's got this really repetitive, constantly building. It's basically three parts and each part just kind of builds and then crashes, builds up and crashes. And I feel like it's just got such a good. That's a good one. uh, Propulsion to it that keeps me going. Send it over. Yeah. Everything needs to go in the lake. Christmas. Yeah. Um, I've got so many, but on and on by still going is, is. Uh, really good. It's like a house song, and and that one just it just whew, on and on. It takes you there. It, it takes yeah. you there. I think that is like best tip. I didn't add that to my list, but like find that song that like gets you there. Like yeah, yeah. Or that playlist, or or update the playlist yearly because some sometimes you can play a song a playlist out and be like, I don't want to run because I don't want to hear these damn songs anymore. Cause I did, I've done that a few times. So update the playlist, put the inspiring songs on. I just recently found, found my life in Whitney Houston. I mean, I'm Whitney, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, the Prince of Egypt song. I mean, talk about inspiration. <laughs> that Prince of Egypt song got me going the other night. And I was like, yes. And I was running with all my might. That song, I was listening to Mulan, Christina, you like, like all the Disney songs. <laughs> Definitely going on the Berlin playlist, by the way, because like Reflections, <laughs> I recommend Reflections by Christina Aguilera too. Because when you're out there just questioning your life, you really need those inspiring Disney songs to take you over. Anyways. Well, Vasha, thank you so much for being on the pod. We're going to have you back. We're, We're going to have you back. Yeah, we got to hear. All right. I, we got to hear. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye.